three nothing Merrimack leading Maine at the end of the second period of play. This is Mike Mackin with Sean Lee here at J. Tom Lawler Ring. The band is going again here. <laughs> Mike, it's almost like a concert-like atmosphere in here. I'm here for the, the covers as much as I'm here for the hockey. You're going to bring a lighter. Uh, no, but I am that on Tuesday. Mike McMahon is with us from the backreport.com, Call It Hockey News, Call It Hockey Insider, NeutralZone.net, and uh, Call It uh, I, meant, I said Call It Hockey Insider. What else am I missing? Eagle Tribune. That's right. Yes, how can I forget that? Working for them tonight, so yeah. <laughs> a Sunday paper tomorrow. You'll have an article on tonight's game. Yes. Yep. Excellent. So folks, check that out. And uh, Mike, two periods of play here, of course. Uh, Merrimack completely dominates the first period play, but uh, well, has two goals uh, to, you know, to, to come out of that. Maine, I thought, still was in a position especially after starting to turn the tide late in the first period, if they were able to get that next goal, cut it to a 2-1 to one lead. Um, but then they um, had to kill off the 5-on-3. What was your take on the face-off violation? No, I think that's a tough one. If you're going to put a team down 5-on-3, yeah. to make that call when it very, very rarely does get called. I would agree. Uh, I, I, we've seen it called twice this year. Liam Walsh had one called on him earlier in the I don't remember the game, uh, but I remember the situation. I remember Merrimack being, I think, down a goal in like the last two or three minutes of the game when they called it on Walsh. So both times they, I've seen it called this year uh, has been at times in the game where I go, you know what? Yeah, it's a penalty, but I mean, do you really want to? Uh, you know, I think it, I think in the, in the, with the Walsh penalty, I, I, maybe it was one of the UMass games. They were down a goal late, and it's like, you know, is that really how you want the game to end? This team's got to finish the game with a penalty kill now. There's a face-off violation. Same thing here. Do you really want to put a team down five on three because of a face-off violation? Unless it's totally egregious, uh, tough call. I didn't like that call either. Um, and, and so that's, there's one of the goals, and then you have the other one on the second goal on the uh, deflection, just hit a body. You know, okay, guy does what you want him to do. Block a shot for me. What happens? Bad bounce comes right onto the stick of Max Newton. Wide open. Nothing the goaltender can do on that one. I mean, if I'm if I'm Maine, if I'm Ben Barr, I'm telling my team, look, guys, this should be a one nothing game. Okay? I realize that we got outplayed at the beginning part of the game, but we've gotten better since then. We played well. We're getting the pucks to the net. We're getting bodies to the net. I like our compete level. You know, everything except, you know, just have to forget about what's on the scoreboard again. Yeah, I, I mean, and we've seen this with Merrimack over the years, too, where they're kind of going through this rebuilding phase. There, there's times where, you know, no matter what you do, you just feel like it's not going your way, you know? And, and that kind of what look, that, that looks like to be the position Maine's in tonight. Like I said, they haven't played that bad. Outside of, you know, the end of the first period, they turned it around. The first 15 minutes of the first period, you know, I thought Merrimack really owned the puck and, and pretty much did whatever they wanted. Um, but it's been a relatively even played game since about, you know, the 15-minute mark of the first. So since then, they've done a lot of things that, could lead to positive results. They just haven't. Mike, how do you handicap the bean pot that starts Monday night? Some interesting questions. Northeastern is without Levi. BU is without Camesso. PC really struggling. Harvard, uh, how do you look at it coming in? I mean, you could say Harvard just because they've got all their guys. You know, BC's just in a downward spiral right now. It's crazy to see. Uh, you know, as far as, as BU and Northeastern and, and who do those apps, I mean, they're both starting goalies, so they both hurt. Uh, I think I think Devin Levi has stolen more. I'll, I'll put it like this. Devin Levi has stolen more games for Northeastern than Camesso has stolen for BU. And that's not a knock on Camesso. It's just that BU, I think he's surrounded by better players. Uh, so I think Levi... The, the Levi loss for Northeastern is a bigger obstacle for them to overcome. I, I think going into it, uh, I would say right now, BU and, and Harvard would, would be my two favorites, bro. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Northeastern has not been as good as I thought they would have been.
been. Um, you're right about Levi. I totally agree with that. I've seen a number of games where that's been the case, you know, and, uh, and there's been other cases where, for whatever reason, he's had an off night and, and they haven't looked good at all. Yeah, and, and Vinny Capoy looked great last night against me. Yeah. Shut him out. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, he's, he also just has a little bit more playing time experience, too. Uh, so, it's it's going to be I think it's a tight race, a tight field, honestly. I mean, BC looks like they're struggling right now, and obviously they lost a bunch of guys in the Olympics, too. So, not only, not only are they a team that struggled over the last three or four weeks, but they're a team that's struggled over the last three or four weeks, and then you just took, you know, three of their top players away. So, uh, I think it's going to be a tough road for them, uh, both this week in the Beanpot and also over the next couple of weeks, you know, in the Hockey's race. But uh, the other three, the other three all seem pretty close. Olympic hockey does start this week. I think it's on the 9th. And uh, so uh, I would expect then when, when the U.S. plays Canada, we're going to see Comesso against Levi, right? It sounds that way, yeah. I saw some comments today from Eric Stahl, uh, the captain of Team Canada, who had said uh, that, you know, he thought... Levi may end up being their starter. I don't, I don't know that they've, if they've officially named a starter yet. I don't think David Quinn has either for the U.S. team, but uh, just kind of seeing who's there, I, I think there's a good chance of it. I think there's a really good chance that Levi plays. Comesso uh, seems like he's in a little bit of a competition with Strauss Mann, the goalie that was in Michigan last year, who played really well, so uh, that one, you know, I, I don't know what, what David Quinn's going to do. At the end of the day, he's a BU guy, so maybe the BU guy gets a little bit of a little bit of a nudge. We'll see. Um, again, we're talking with Mike McMahon. Merrimack leads 3 nothing at the end the two periods of play. So are those U.S. and Canada, are those the top two teams? Uh, how do you project the, uh, the uh, Olympic hockey tournament? It's going to be wild. I don't know. Because the U.S. team went really young, took a lot of college players. Uh, the Canadians took a lot of European pros and minor pros and, and went a lot older. So, you know, it's, how, do, how does that matchup look like? I don't know. Like we, just, we haven't really seen it before, right? Uh, same goes for teams like uh, Sweden and Finland and Russia. I mean, well, the Russian Olympic Committee, whatever it is that they're called, uh, they again went with a lot of pro players that are that are in their systems playing in their pro league. So uh, I think it's going to be, you know, on paper, I look at the U.S. team and I, I think they may struggle a little bit only because they are so young. But I would have said that a couple of years ago too, and they and they didn't. They played really well. So uh, it's it's going to be wild. I think you know I think it's it's wide open, and I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting that the U.S., Canada, Russia, Sweden, Finland. I mean, those are always kind of the top of the, the the top of the groups, whether it's the World Juniors or the Olympics. So those are the I would imagine the gold medal and, and probably all three medals come out of, of those five those five. Teams. You know, elsewhere, another big news. A couple things I wanted to touch on, but one of them being uh, Rick Bennett steps down as the head coach at Union. Don't often see a coach doing that in the middle of the season. I know there was an investigation uh, into some things. And uh, Call Talking News, Adam Wharton had the interview with him uh, after he did do that, after he did step down. Uh, basically, uh, give us a quick recap on what happened. Yeah, so he was being investigated over what the school called coaching practices, I think is how they termed it. Um, you know, and, and honestly, there's there's a couple of different versions of a story that happened. It happened, I think, over the weekend. They had played up at Clarkson and St. Lawrence. Uh, it did not sound like a, a, a major deal to me, at least if what I've heard is... The way I phrase it to people is, is if what I have heard is accurate, did not sound like a big deal. Um, but ultimately, he ended up resigning. It sounded like it was his choice. I mean, I, I know they were in the middle of doing some things there, but it sounded like he had gone to school and was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, thanks, but no thanks, I'm done. Um, and, and now we'll see where he lands. I mean, I think if, if I were an athletic director, uh, I would. he would be someone I would want to talk to if I had an opening for sure. Um, from listening to his comments, I, I think he may... Uh, 
try to see what's available in, in pro hockey, whether it's from a coaching standpoint or a scouting standpoint. I mean, who knows? Uh, we saw Mark Denny go to a coach in, in the pros and, and now works in the front office. So uh, there's a lot of different routes you can take. Um, my guess, listening to both Adam's interview and then some of the other interviews that he's done, is that that might be something he wants to explore. Um, but again, like if there's if there's college openings, like I want a national championship in a small school. Uh, it, it's hard to not not consider him a candidate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Was he did win a national championship at Union, a place that for many many years people thought he could not win at. You know, they were terrible for ten years. Yeah, even longer maybe. You know, I go back to 1991. I think it was when they moved up from Division Three. They filled the spot when uh, one of the one of the teams left uh, the ECC. That, that might have been when Army dropped out and you know, went back to being an independent, and then they needed somebody to fill the spot. Union, uh, really still playing you know, on a Division Three budget and so on, stepped in to play the ECAC and struggled for many many years. You know, people thought they could not win there, and then Nate Lehman went there. Rick Bennett also at first as an assistant coach, and then as head coach after Lehman left for Providence. Uh, you know, and won that national championship. And, just unbelievable the way in the 2010s the, the success that Union had. I realize in recent years they had uh, you know, gone back to struggling a bit, but thought that with the with the scholarships coming, uh, the ability now that was just passed by the NCAA, Union will be able to offer athletic scholarships. You got to think that you know you know that was all set for whether it was going to be Rick Bennett or somebody else to be able to get Union back to their winning ways. I, I would think so. I would think it would help. But I mean, I've heard from coaches over the years that that's been overrated. But at the same time, it's been something that Union and RIT have wanted for a while: the ability to offer the athletic scholarships. Other coaches have said, "Ah, oh, well, you know, they just get creative. They can offer aid in other ways." Uh, but still, I mean, it, it puts them on a level playing field with the rest of the teams in Division One. I. I think for some players, they was, they could do that. But for other players, it was still going to be a problem. It, it could have been, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was oversold a little. I mean, I remember when they won the national championship. Oh, they're all walk on. So it's like, well, let's relax. Like four of those guys went to the NHL. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think it, it, it definitely helps. I mean, some coaches that have had to recruit against them over the years have kind of said, well, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. But at the same time, if it wasn't that big of a deal, Union and RIT wouldn't have cared about getting the athletic scholarship. So, uh, you know, now that they have them available, so, yeah, I think it certainly would help. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate it. Go to College Hockey News, folks, for more information on that and other situations. And, Mike, I guess we'll talk to you again Tuesday when you, the UConn comes to town. All these home games in a row. Yeah, I'll be here. All right, thanks a lot. Mike McMahon, our guest here in the second intermission with Merrimack leading Maine by the score of 3 to nothing. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.